This is the Ezra Podcast. We're talking today about Luis Ortiz versus Charles Martin, the pay-per-view that no one could believe was a pay-per-view, right? Did it, did it over-deliver? Because I, I, expectations were low. My expectations. Well, I don't know my expectations, but, you know, did I think this deserved to be a pay-per-view? No. I think we already went over that last one. But, so you kind of had a, you know, kind of had to deliver. It couldn't... People think it doesn't deserve to be a pay-per-view and then just not deliver as, as well. It was a risky, uh, it was a risky fight to make a pay-per-view, but I think it generally delivered. I think it was if, I, if I'm scoring out of five, I gave it a three. All right, one to five, five being the highest, I gave it a three. I think the card delivered. It was mostly from the first fight and the main event. In the middle, not so much. But if you get two good fights and actually very good fights. In a pay-per-view, and one being the main event, and the main event's going to carry the day, right? The main event is, it's really, you know, the main event's going to cover about 75% of the score. You can have actually a really great card, and it's just like a, a you know, a not good main event. And that's going to suffer, the, the pay-per-view, the, my grade for the pay-per-view is going to, it's going to, it's going to suffer for that. But I thought the main event delivered, and let's get into it. Luis Ortiz versus Charles Martin. And in a fight that I thought, Luis Ortiz was just superior in every aspect, really, of what Charles Martin was going to try to do. Luis Ortiz was better at, right? Going into the fight, that's what my perception was. As the fight, you know, the reason why we, you know, reason why we watch the fights, reason that why they, you know, the fights play out is because you, it sometimes it just doesn't go that direction. Now, I did think that Charles Martin was looser than ever, and I did think that he took the chances and wasn't. They're staring at Luis Ortiz to start this fight off, and it, it really paid off for him because he dropped Luis Ortiz early, and then he drops him again, and he's hitting Luis Ortiz pretty, pretty much, you know, at will. And a, a lot of people, in the, especially the commentators, are saying that you know Luis Ortiz' age is showing up. He stumbled around the ring a little bit with his legs, and you know Luis Ortiz is forty-three years old going into this fight, so you know if a 28-year-old goes in there and maybe trips around the ring, trips over his feet, slips because of a wet canvas. You know, he just, you know, has he's having trouble getting his footing. But Luis Ortiz does it, and he's 43 years old. Oh, he's old man. His legs, you know, he's losing it. His legs are gone. All, all these things, because it's just easy to label that, right? You go in there already feeling like anything he shows me is because of age. When it couldn't have been layoff, it couldn't have been all these other things, right? Just, no, it's the age. So I feel like that's kind of was getting pushed a lot, and I'm not sure that everything that we've seen from Luis Ortiz was his age. I think it could just been, you know, a lot of guys slipped that night, honestly. There was a bunch of things where people were like, was that a knockdown, or was that a push, or was that a slip? That kind of happened, that was kind of a steady story throughout the night. Now, I do agree that he wasn't getting off, and in the spots where I thought they both saw the opening, I thought the Luis Ortiz would be able to take it faster. That wasn't the case, no. Uh, Charles Martin was beating him to the punch and was beating him to the spot. But what I said was, if Trump Martin was going to win this fight, he would have to go first and he would have to create openings for himself and take some chances. And if he stood staring at Luis Ortiz, Luis Ortiz was going to win the fight. And you know what? It kind of played out that way because as soon as Charles Martin stood there staring at Luis Ortiz, Luis Ortiz hits him with a big left and puts him asleep standing. I mean, similar to Terry Harper versus um, Alicia Bumgarner, Charles Martin's out on his feet, standing. He hits him. He looks the other way. He's looking at the crowd. He doesn't know where he's at. Luis Ortiz jumps on him. He doesn't look old anymore at this point, right? He doesn't look old anymore. He drops him. Uh, Charles Martin's hand gets stuck in the ropes. 
He gets up, ref, ref gives him an opera, another opportunity. Um, questionable, right? But Trust Martin is such a big lead. I, I, I have no problem with it, honestly. He gets up, he, he's, he looks out of it, right? But if you look at when uh, Luis Ortiz comes on him in the, the, the second time uh, after the first knockdown, it's not like, you know, it still looks like Tremar might, might be able to survive to the end of the round. But Luis Ortiz goes in there, doesn't look old at this point, looks fresh, looks fast, looks like a finisher, uh, drops Martin again, and this, this leads to the stoppage of the fight. And then Luis Ortiz, right, for every uh, mistake he made or every uh, moment that Charles took advantage of, right, it still wasn't enough. And that proves to me that Luis Ortiz was just a superior fighter, as what I thought going into this fight. That there'd be a point, right, where Charles Martin stares and Luis Ortiz is going to take that opportunity, right, when he's staring and that would not be the, you know, that would not be a favorable posi position for Charles Martin. It just wouldn't. Charles Martin needed to be the guy that's creating the action, right? Be the younger man. Be the the guy that's a, a little wilder, a little willing, more willing to take a chance. Luis Ortiz, he's, you know, nothing was going right for him, but he stood in there and he stood to his game plan. He never panicked. He never, like, got out of what he was doing or never looked to uh, change the game plan because he, he had faith in his skills and his abilities and he was seeing the openings there. He just wasn't able to capitalize them early. And Charles Martin landed a big shot that hurt him. Maybe, you know, it took a little while for him to recover. Even though maybe he didn't look hurt in the other rounds, maybe he still was a little weary and not, not there with his legs. Now, they're all going to, everybody's going to blame it on age, but I still think it's risky to think, you know, Luis Ortiz is vulnerable at this point. Listen, he's 43 years old. At any point, it could fall off. It maybe fell off in that fight. I, I don't know if that's what I saw. I think I just saw Charles Martin. A confident Charles Martin, a Charles Martin that really believed in himself, that Manny Robles really got in his head and got him believing that he, he was that level of fighter, but it wasn't enough. He, he, Charles Martin had his best moments in that fight and they weren't enough. Luis Ortiz still wins by devastating stoppage. And if you think you're going with Luis Ortiz and you got old man and, you know, he's he's ready to be beat. Like I said, he's 43 years old at any point, the, the you know, the clock can switch and he just doesn't happen anymore i'm not sure that's what i saw in this fight though i don't i, I think anyone that kind of goes in there with that mind frame might be walking into a big mistake i think that luis ortiz had the roughest start he could possibly have charles martin had his best start and it still ended with luis ortiz winning by stoppage that shows you that he's levels above still okay when someone's legs are gone they don't do that what they do at the end a lot of times they're having trouble pull the trigger they don't look you know that strong the legs like and he had to finish his legs look good his arms look good his speed look good I, I don't know if i'm ready to call you know Luis ortiz old in this fight now as far as charles martin i think he did things good things for his career in that fight i think i think he still looks interesting i still think he still looks kind of dangerous um i don't think that anyone's gonna mistake him with being an elite heavyweight or a top level contender no he's not that but in that mid pack with you know the with the undercards that we saw Especially with like a guy like uh, Johnny Rice, um, Frost. I, I think with those guys, I would love to see those fights. Put those on the undercard any day of the week. I watch them. I still think Charles Martin still has a market for him. And you know what? It's because he fought Luis Ortiz. He fought a good guy. And that I've always, you know, kind of go back to that is if you fight good guys, even if you lose, it still raises your, the value in your name. And I still believe that now people are going to see Charles Martin and be like, hey, that guy dropped Luis Ortiz. And yes, he got knocked out, but he was a guy that came and had some power and, you know, was coming for his finish as well. Luis Ortiz, I think it's 
I mean, every all signs are pointing to Andy Ruiz. Um, I really believe that Andy Ruiz was supposed to be in this main event versus Luis Ortiz. That that fight makes a lot of sense to me, especially if uh, you feel like Luis Ortiz's agent Andy Ruiz could get a decent win there. I think it'd be a tough fight for Andy Ruiz personally. I think it could be a you know a very good fight, very competitive fight, but I, I think Luis Ortiz is pretty damn technical and he has some pop, and Andy needs to get on the inside. And I, I, his speed is good, but I think the technique of Luis Ortiz might send him in some, some traps. I'd love to see that fight. I hope they make that fight next. That's a damn good fight. Charles Martin, we'll get into you know the fights that happen, but I think him versus Johnny Rice is actually an excellent fight for both guys. Especially because if you're... Johnny Rice is getting an opportunity now. He's, he seems like a little bit of a character. I, I, don't, I, you know, I don't think we said it was that hilarious, but he's an interesting guy. He's himself. And he's coming off uh, two big wins versus Coffee, which is a fight I'm going to break down right now. But him versus Charles Martin, it, it, it's perfect. You know, Charles, if Johnny Rice could keep this, this, you know, this, um, keep the train rolling, right? Uh, a guy that, you know, couldn't even work, had to still work his job at the strip club, apparently. Uh, now he's fighting, uh, you know, top contenders and working his way. To you know, hopefully bigger things and a big fight and a big opportunity. I think him versus Charles Martin, who's coming off a loss, it just makes perfect sense to me. I I really uh, I really love that matchup, and I think that keeping two guys that are on the same card and keeping that familiarity for the fans of like, hey, I seen these two guys, I just seen them on a card. I already put together the two storylines for this guy. So other guy's a part-time fighter. The other guy, other guy, you know, was at the top, just lost a competitor fight. Nelly matchup. I think I still think that brings excitement. I think that's how you build cards and build names. I think that's the fight to go with. Let's talk about the co-main event. And it played out exactly how I said it was going to happen. Frank Sanchez versus Christian Hammer. Um, I told you Christian Hammer was better than the original opponent, and he was just good enough to survive. And he didn't have what it take to, you know, put Frank Sanchez in any danger or really test him. And Frank. You know, a lot of things people were saying, like, oh, he's got to step it up. And like I said, I told you before the fight that Frank needed to take advantage of his opportunity. And his trainer's trying to get in his head. Canelo's trying to get in his head. Like, hey, you got to uh, ramp it up. It's, it's all mentality. You're talking about, like, a thing that a psychiatrist will have to do to, you know, figure out why he doesn't have that aggression or doesn't ramp it up. That's all mentality. Okay? The, the guy's mentality is not to do that. You see the actually a lot in a lot of Cuban fighters um, because they come from the amateurs and the amateurs is hit and don't get hit. And when you build that into a fighter and you build that in uh, over years and some guys are born with that mentality, you're never going to shake it. Some guys can never shake that. Now, I don't think that shows me that Frank Sanchez can't compete at a high level. I think that Frank Sanchez just needs to be tested. And if, he, if PBC doesn't match them against tough competition, this is what they're going to get. He's not a guy that's going to squash cans. He beats cans. He doesn't squash them. I think this perfect fight is Otto Wallin next. I believe that that, you know, is a, it's a, you know, a real true test like F.A. Jogbe was. And look how impressive he looked in that fight. Wallin was supposed to fight White. Uh, gave Tyson Fury all he can handle. 
And I think if Frank Sanchez is tested, I, th- I believe that he will shine better than when a guy that he concluded went and he's not going to take those chances. He just doesn't have it. It's not, it's not, I wouldn't say he's doing it on purpose. I would say that he just doesn't have the mentality to put it on. He's just not, he doesn't see the world like that. His mind, his heart doesn't, it's just not like, it doesn't have that in it, right? It doesn't have that aggression in it. But when he fights good guys who make him raise his skill level and, and test him, he really shines. And I think that it's all about matchmaking from this point. This fight didn't help him, didn't hurt him, didn't do anything for him. Really, honestly, he's in the same position. I think he lost some momentum for sure from the Jabe fight. But if he goes in and fights, uh, like I said, all wall and, and wins, and wins in you know like a wide margin or looks impressive doing it, then he'll get it all back. But it's all going to be tough upon from here on out. It has to be. This is not a guy that's going to look impressive versus Kent. Just trying to get to the next fight. We have uh, Johnny Rice versus Michael Coffey in the rematch. And I was just talking about my Johnny Rice. Um, Johnny Rice, if the fight played out, pretty much, once again, how I said it was going to play out, similar to the original, uh, Michael Coffey doesn't fight in a way that is effective against a guy like Johnny Rice. It wouldn't probably wouldn't fight in an effective way against anyone really at an elite level that's long and can box and can fight from a distance. He shoulder rolls, but he doesn't have the footwork to make up for the space. So you have to, like, miss wide and fall in for him to be successful, right? And he did, at points, try to do what I, you know, what I suggested was put the guard up and come forward. But the problem is, is that they didn't come in with that game plan, right? They still thought, you know, you just had an off night. We're still going to do the shoulder roll. We're still going to uh, fight with the similar game plans we had the first one. And the problem wasn't off night. Now, maybe, you know, maybe he was a little bit more active, a little more energy in this fight, but it wasn't an off night the last one. And that's because you're not truly self-reflecting, right? The, the team isn't truly self-reflecting. No one's really being honest in their corner, saying like, hey, no, we need to switch it up. This isn't going to work. This guy's style is bad for your style. And I told you, I don't bet on guys to do something that I've never seen them do before. I don't bet on guys to be like, oh, he has to do this. And he's, I have no evidence of him ever doing that. Now, Michael Coffey did try to come forward at some point, right? And he decided to do that around the third round. He said, I'm just going to come forward and put like a pressure on him. Now, it wasn't strategic. It wasn't, you could tell it wasn't worked on. It was just a thing of like, I'm going to try it. And Johnny Rice did kind of look uncomfortable because you know what Johnny Rice did? And why Johnny Rice is at the position he's been at in boxing? He came in heavier than what he did the last fight, right? A fight that he was the late replacement in the last fight. He came in heavier than that in a planned training camp. In a fight that's pay-per-view, the best opportunity of his life, probably the biggest payday of his life, he comes in overweight. So that tells you everything you need to know about Johnny Rice. This is not a man dedicated to the sport. And he doesn't have the skills to make up for it. He just, in this matchup, finally got a guy that was perfect for his style. They had some, um, you know, that was on, in the first fight was on Fox, Right. Um, this fight's on a pay-per-view. It's moving up, but it's all versus the same guy. I don't imagine this success carries, especially if he's not even going to get in shape or take the sport seriously. But, like I said, he puts pressure on Johnny Rice. A little bit bothers him, a little bit, but not enough. And Michael Coffey doesn't have the energy to keep doing it because it wasn't worked on in training camp, right? So it's, he's doing something completely different. It's like if a guy uh, was training for a marathon and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're going to sprint today. Okay, he's it's he doesn't have the stamina, the muscles built for it. He, he didn't have it, so he did it for a short period and went back to exactly what it was. And Johnny Rice was picking him from far away. 
Now, if Johnny Rice was in shape or Johnny Rice had taken this fight seriously, he would have got a stoppage in this fight. But he didn't have that. So it drags on to a decision. Now, because Johnny Rice is in the position that he is, and uh, the interview at the end, I guess, interview at the end kind of helped him, I guess. People found that funny and uh, found him entertaining. Okay, that was good. But he could have had a much more impressive night and a night that I told you people need to take advantage of. He did not. And Johnny Rice will get another opportunity, of course, but I know what Johnny Rice is. He's not very going to be more serious than what he is there. He's not going to be any better than the first Michael Coffey fight. He's, and he's about what he was in this fight, if it does not diminish, right? If you give this guy money and you give him uh, more opportunities, he might get worse. Like, his mentality might be worse. He, he does not take the sport seriously. He does not take these opportunities seriously. But it was enough to beat Michael Coffey, who... I don't know, you know, just the style was just horrible for him. But his feet are so slow, right? And he's so stuck in the ground. And it's not like he has, like, this amazing hand speed or defense that, like, he can't even touch him. No, from from far away, you can touch him. And if, maybe he could roll off a few or... But you're still touching him, and he's not able to touch you from a distance. I just can't see that going any, going anywhere higher than the level it's at. In the, high, the level that it had success. There will be no more success going forward, in my personal opinion. I did want to talk about the first fight, which was Victor Frost versus Lago Kilaze or Kalaze. I hope it's spelled Kalaze. To me, that's the best way to pronounce it. But Frost and Lago, two rounds of just five knockdowns. Back and forth, I mean, entertaining fight. Not the highest skill level, but some big guys with some big powerful shots. And just kept you at the edge of your seat, the whole, you know, the whole two rounds. And then they stop the fight, right? Lago loses, and then he, he jabs the ref in the face. I mean, it's everything you want in an undercard fight where it's just like, I can't believe what I'm looking at. It had it all. Controversial ending, uh... You know, a uh, ref getting punched, knockdowns galore. It was a beautiful way to start the card. It really was. It reminded me of like when you order a WWE pay per view and they just like don't, they have a bunch of guys that are not fighting. They're just like, hey, it's just all these guys in a battle royal for no reason. And it's beautiful. It's like, yes, give me more of that. I crave that. That's great. That's good stuff. I don't see any of these, you know, I don't see Frost, uh, Faust, sorry, Frost. It's Faust, Victor Faust. I don't think Faust. Is going anywhere in the heavyweight division. I wouldn't suspect him to be a killer or, you know, a top contender. But he seems to be entertaining, right? And if you put him against um, Ali uh, Demarizan, I, I would love to see that fight. Those are big, two big giant guys are looking to punch looking to punch someone. I, I'll take it. That, that To me, that's very interesting. I'm not too hyped up on cards that are just heavyweights and that gimmick. I'm not, I wasn't, you know, but this card's kind of delivered. I'm, let's be honest. I was entertained by this card. It was the first fight and the last fight. In the middle, like I said, Johnny Rice and Coffee didn't, it was kind of played out to what you knew was going to happen after the first few rounds. And uh, Frank Sanchez is not going to entertain unless you put him against a competitive fight. I think they know that now. I hope they know that now. But Luis Ortiz, in a fight that was way more competitive than I think most people th- and most people anyone thought, uh, comes back off the canvas to win the fight and gets a highlight reel stoppage. 
I mean, people have been retweeting that uh, the first shot he lands on Martin, where Martin just turns it sideways and starts talking to the crowd. It's it's all over the internet. That's exactly what you need. That's what they need. I'm curious to see these pay-per-view buys. Like I said, sometimes I care, sometimes I don't. It's important. If you're trying to predict what's going to happen or where people are going, where the business is headed, you got to pay attention to those things. You just do. If you're not a fan, but to me, if like you, you in boxing, how I'm paying attention to boxing, how I'm like studying it and everything, it's just something you have to pay attention to. But thank you guys for listening. This is uh, this is my second podcast post fight. I'm gonna do a pre fight for this weekend's fights. Uh, this has been the Ezra podcast.